Foi! What is up, everybody? Happy Monday here coming live from Wisconsin. And I am excited today. We've got Brian Herzig with us. Brian is also representing Wisconsin, which is always um, really cool for me to uh, highlight uh, people that are doing amazing things in recruitment. And Brian has a ton of experience. He's been in the recruitment game since 2013. Uh, he spent a lot of time with Robert Half and now man is a managing director over at Vaco. And so, Brian, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. And uh, I know we've, we, we were supposed to go through um, the, the event link that we had, uh, and I, I think a couple people have turned up. So anyone who is tuning in out there, that was part of that event. I apologize. We had some technical issues, uh, but we're here now. So Brian, how are you, man? What's, what's new with you? How's life? Life is good, but apparently there are some technical issues on this podcast I'm supposed to be on. So that's been a little bit iffy. Other than that, life, life is good, Joel. You know, you know, it, it's so funny. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you, if you heard of clubhouse at all, or is, is oh, it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with all of these technolo technological advances, like clubhouse, is, is a funny one because you'll get like bad connection and it boots you out. Right. And it's the same with these live streams. It's like you hop mm -hmm. on and I've had, I think in the first two episodes of this season, we had people with their dogs running around. We've had kids. <laughs> I've, I've even had people just like open the door behind me. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, and we, looks like we got some comments already here. So someone said, love the Vaco culture. Uh, LinkedIn user, you better change those privacy settings so we can yeah. see who you are. Uh, but no doubt there. So, so Brian, I'd love to hear from you, man. Why don't you um, share a little bit about how you got started in the industry um, and, and kind of how you got to where you are today. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Well, it's, it was a really organic um, experience. So I used to be in sales and uh, yeah. I guess I still am, but I started out just doing small business sales. I worked for my family's small business for about 13 years. And when you work for a small business, you really understand, um, what makes a business tick? You know, you sign, you sign the checks, you sweep the floors, you do whatever you have to do to make things work. So after about 13 years of doing that, I needed to, to stretch my wings or whatever. I needed to, to try to do something more. And I had a cousin, worked for Robert Half for some years, and he was in staffing. He said, Brian, you got to try this. This is something you'd be good at. And, you know, I, I listened to him. I, I met some folks over at Robert Half, and sure as heck, they – they offered me a job and as an account executive, they're placing IT professionals. Um, they taught me everything I needed to know about the business. I worked for a really great guy. I worked with a really strong top producing team, which in this business, your team is, is everything. So I worked for yeah. a really great team. After about a couple of years at Robert Half, I got the chance to lead my own team. So they took me from the Milwaukee office to the Mac. So I moved over there. And again, I had some really strong players on that team as well. And we uh, we started beating the Milwaukee team on the scorecard every week, which was a really big deal. So we were smaller and we were beating. Yeah. And I was beating my old team. So it was, it was cool. Um, after a while of doing that, a couple of years in Madison, I got a chance to take the big job in Milwaukee. So now I was the, the, in charge of the whole Robert Half Milwaukee office. And that may be, I, I might've gotten on some, some other people's radar. Baco uh, knocked on my door back in 2019. I wasn't looking for a job, but after talking with Vaco, Joel, 
there's a reason someone said they love their culture. Vaco is Vaco is a place where you go to graduate. You go, they they look for the 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 biggest boy on the block. They hire him, and then they build an office around. And uh, I got the chance to uh, to be the person they're going to build the office around. We launched our Vaco Wisconsin office right uh, uh, April 2020. I don't know if you recall April 2020, but that apparently there was a virus downturn. The economy got a little bit tough, but we came I've up. heard of it. I've heard of it. I you heard, heard of about it? it. Yeah, I yeah, there's something that. going on. Something going on there. So uh, we launched right about then. No excuses, man. You just play the hand you're dealt, and we did. And we had a, a really, really strong opening opening uh, year. I couldn't have scripted it better. And so now I'm sitting here with you. Awesome, man. Well, I, I mean, there's so much there. Uh, you know, one of the things that we discussed was how did Vaco kind of convince you to get away? And one of the things you had mentioned to me was that the recruiter was really persistent. Um, so why don't you share a little bit about that? Because I, I thought that was actually really interesting, like their their approach in recruiting mm-hmm. you. Uh, you know, they, they uh, sounds like they didn't give up. So why don't, why don't you go into that story a little bit? I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's something that recruiters sales, you got to be persistently cool. You know what I mean? You don't want to be desperate, but you want to be there. You know, yeah. you gotta be like the guy that doesn't have anything going on and no one wants to work with that person. You want to be somebody um, that's got stuff going on, but you're always, you're always there. And that's exactly what uh, the Vaco recruiter did. Her name's Hillary. And I owe Hillary my seat. If she wouldn't have uh, knocked on my door, I wouldn't be here. So she um, she hit me up. Gosh, I think it was like September, October um, 2018. And I told you, I was, I was, I was happy. I, I didn't even respond to her LinkedIn request. Um, but then she did it again. And something had changed in my head at that time. So I responded to her. And now this was probably Thanksgiving 2018. So we started chatting on, on LinkedIn a little bit. She was telling me more about Vaco and sounded great. And I was a little interested, but it's the holidays. I'm not going to make any changes. So we just kind of tabled everything. And then again, she, she and I started talking. She initiated a conversation a month after, uh, after Christmas is over. So right around February, end of January, she and I started talking again. So keep in mind, she hit me up like October. And now we're going October, November, December. Now it's January going into February, four months had passed and she was still persistently cool. And so I love that. that, that's when I started to get engaged. And by the time I met all the people at Baco, this was probably, oh gosh, March, 2019. That's when I actually interviewed for the gig and met everybody. I was sold. Like by the time I left Baco, I'm like, please pick me. I want this gig. But it took, took months, took almost half a year to get me there. You got to, you got to keep um, keep knocking on the door and always knock on the door with a, a persistent attitude. But don't don't knock on that door like you need it to happen because then you get too pushy. And I would have pushed out of that. It made me back away. And uh, Hillary did it exactly right. Well, I, I did notice here, too. So it was Jamie Collier. She she was the one that uh, said love the Vaco culture. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about that culture? Because I hear this all the time. I don't think I've ever worked with a company that said, hey, we've got terrible culture and major issues. Uh, so I'm always curious, like how talk to me about that culture and, and, and how that outworks. And obviously in the recruitment world uh, and especially the agency recruitment world, I mean, it's it can be kind of a tough it's a tough world to be in. So talk to me a little bit about the Vaco culture and, and 
and how they were able to pull a top producer, uh, Robert Half, away and, and kind of, you know, what was it about the culture and what was it about the interview that really attracted you to them? Yeah, it's 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 a there's a lot there's a lot to talk about there, Joel. So, Vaco was founded by three guys, you know, from the industry, and they founded it based on an idea, you know, an idea that you can do this job, you can play hard, but it doesn't always have to be about a number. It can be about relationships. It can be about the person in the seat. So rather than a number to hit, Vaco set up for the person in the seat that you're trying to recruit. It's all about finding people you want to hang out with outside of work. We spend so much time at work. If you're sitting in a room with a bunch of people you can't wait to not be around, you're going to have a problem with your culture. You said something about everyone says they've got a great culture. Well, that's just the thing. People that have a bad culture, they don't know they have a bad culture. That's mm. just what they've got. Vaco, it shines a light on what's possible, what could be. So we have core business tenants. And these core business tenants are – they're the things that make us tick. So one of the best ones, I'll share a few of them with you so you can maybe understand the culture we're dealing with. Vaco was designed for a talented malcontent. We always say that. Our CEO loves saying that. And so we say outlaws welcome. It's one of our core tenants. If you're somebody out there that doesn't feel like they're fitting into the puzzle of the culture they're in, maybe you should take a look at Vaco because we won't just make you fit into our puzzle. We're going to make, we're going to throw our arms around you and fit around you. If you play the game like we do, we're going to throw our arms around you and make sure make sure we fit into you. So Outlaws Welcome, that's one of our, our, our biggest core tenants that spells out our culture. But here's what I love. This one is called, it's just my favorite one. It is something that if you live your life this way, every all the drama goes away. So picture this. What we always say is assume positive intent. You'll always have an opportunity to be um, insulted. Don't take it. Assume positive intent in the people you work with, the people that are around you. When that happens, drama just, it goes away. Mm. Don't push over and don't keep getting taken advantage of, but assume the person you're talking to means you well. And that's mm. important. We also want people that stay electable, stay coachable, play till the whistle. And then the thing that um, maybe is like the umbrella of our culture is we're all proud to wear the jersey. We're proud to wear the Vaco jersey because we all have the same sort of idea that we were freed, we freed ourselves by joining this company. And now we get to play the game the way we want to play it with people who play it like we do. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, I want to I want to hop in as a couple of these comments. Uh, I just love to, to say hi to people. So uh, Haluzi just says says hi, and we've got uh, Savan out there, Ram Gore. I think that's that's hello, um, and then we've got someone from Northern Germany as well. So Sandra, well, welcome. Uh, and it sounds like Jamie. She just said I interviewed with Vaco Nashville right before COVID hit last year. Everything went on hold. Might need to revisit that conversation. Love the idea of leveling up and working with the best of the best. Um, I, I love that too. And and one of the things that I thought was interesting that you said was, you know, that approach in terms of like. You know, finding it sounds like for, you know finding the the with the candidates like finding like where they hang out. Was that are you talking about like the Vaco internal candidates? Are you talking about that? That's your approach to recruiting as well. You know, I I'd, I'd love to love to kind of have you expound on that. Um, and and because you, you said like we don't put numbers around that, so I'd I'd love to hear more about that because I haven't heard yeah. anyone say that yet. Well, so 
when you're recruiting, no matter if it's internal or for candidates you're going to place, you got to recognize that we are all people. You know, when you're recruiting somebody, it's your job. So when I make a placement or I'm recruiting somebody, that's my job. But for every person I place, my life doesn't necessarily change. Hmm. But when you're recruiting somebody and you're putting them in a new new role, their life totally changes. You've got to recognize that whether you're internal, internally recruiting or you're recruiting for a client, you're the one that's going to change a life. And you want to make sure you change it for the better. Always change it for the better. Do no harm, right? So that's what we talk about when we're talking about trying to make it work for the person. All those core business tenants, those are those are our internal business tenants, but they can be applied to anything. They can be applied to life. When you're when you're working with a client or you're working with a candidate, you have to make sure you understand the relationship here. They're putting their trust in you. You are in a very unique position to um, either make their life a lot better, give them very good advice, or if all you're worried about is putting up a number, chances are you're going to make the wrong decision for that person. That so it, it, it does. And I'd, I'd love to, you know, with, with like KPIs, for example, then how, do, how are you building the KPIs around what makes someone successful and, um, yeah. you know, how, how, are you, how are you guys motivating? Because it sounds like obviously numbers matter at the end of the day from, from a business standpoint in terms of like profitability and all yeah. of that. So how do, you, how do you build that into to how you work as a team and, and you know, constantly go above the, the goals that you guys are setting? I'd, I'd be curious to hear that. Yeah, that's a good question. So KPIs are almost a swear word at Vaco, but clearly there are certain things you've got to do to do this job right. So that's why we tend to go after our, our, the people that already know what it takes to, takes to succeed in this business. So I'm hiring right now internally for my office. I'm going to grow. I'm going to beef up, beef up our team on all fronts. The Milwaukee squad. What's that? The Milwaukee squad then or anywhere? Yeah, we, we serve as the whole state of Wisconsin. But cool. yeah, Milwaukee, Milwaukee squad's a pretty good name. Maybe we'll get a t-shirt made up. <laughs> I love it. Um, but what I'm looking for, Joel, and this is what, what Vaco looks for, is I want someone whose manager isn't me. I want your, your paycheck to be your manager. I want your lifestyle to be your manager. Hmm. You know what it takes to pay your mortgage, pay your rent, whatever. Buy the car you want. Take care of your kids. Buy the clothes or the handbags you like. You don't need me to tell you to pick up the phone. You don't need me to tell you to go out on a client visit. But the reality is there are certain numbers that are indicators of success. And on the sales side, it's how many people you're visiting with. You and I, Joel, have spoken on the phone a bunch of times. We've texted. We've looked at each other via LinkedIn. Talking right now, I feel closer to you. I know you a little bit better. It's a different sort of a vibe. That's important when you're doing business development, getting in front of clients, talking to them, sitting table from them when you can. And then with uh, on the recruitment side, it's all about interviews. You got to bring in people. You've got to bring in people, find out what they're looking for, find out what would make their life better. And then you go and you get it for them. So if I had to do a KPI, answer your question, long story short, interviews and client visits is going to equal success. What I'm looking for out of life though, is I want people that already know that that know that and want to come in and put up numbers because it's what they do. It's not what they're told to do. I love it. I love it. Oh, I mean, you bring up a great point too. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things that I do see, you know, when there's such a focus on, for example, cold calling, mm -hmm. I mean, cold calling isn't the, the, you know, it's not putting up cold calls, you know, it's, it's part of it, 
but it's got to come from, like you said, that understanding of here are the results I'm looking for yeah. as, as an individual. And now I'm just going to do whatever it takes to get to that point. And, you mm -hmm. know, that maybe for some, someone that's 20 calls a day, maybe for someone else, it's 150 calls a day, but whether or not you do the activity to get the results, that's on the individual and that's more of a motivation. So I, th I think that's, that's super interesting. What about in terms of like the, the culture, would you say there's a heavy emphasis on competition or, or collaboration? Like what's that like? Cause obviously at a lot of recruitment agencies, it's like highly, highly competitive to the point mm -hmm. of um, it's almost hard to feel happy for someone because right. it's almost like their success is, a slap in your face. So, so what's that kind of culture piece like? I'd look yeah, so you don't get into this business without, well, I guess you don't succeed in this business without a level of, of competitiveness with a competitive yeah. nature. But one of our tenants is proud to wear the Jersey because we look at ourselves as a team. So we all want to succeed and in order for all of us to succeed. Each of us needs to succeed. Hmm. If that makes any sense, but it does in my head. So what we want is we want people that are in it, because they want to win, but they also want to see their teammates win. Yeah. So my office in Wisconsin, I, I have a culture too. I, I have certain things I took from the Vaco culture that I want to um, expand upon. And rule number one in the Wisconsin office is we come in every day for each other. We're there for each other. We're there to make sure that, all right, Joel, you need to take some time off. I'm going to handle your business for you. Take care of you. There's no credit fighting. There's no backbiting. None of that. And that is rule number one in my office. So I want you to bring it and I want you to want to win, but not at the expense of your teammate. That's not tolerated. That's taking it too far. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, looks like Nantel, she just said, uh, love, assume positive intent, which I think Thanks. is huge for, for recruiters. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's super easy to get down and out because obviously it's like when you're reaching out to people, you're going to get a lot of responses. So I, I love that. And then Michael just said, excellent point of view. Recruiters can positively, can positively impact the lives of many people. The best recruiters make this a top priority. Couldn't agree more. And then Jamie, she, uh, we, we finally, uh, she got out of private mode. So that's cool. She said, self-management is key to success in the bullpen. Love it. And, uh, and Bear said, love the approach you guys are taking. Aim for deep relationships with client, build trust, stay in front. Um, so it's, it's interesting too. I'd love to dive into that a little bit because you're, you're talking about the client visits. Um, have you been doing those like via Zoom re recently or are you still trying to get in front of people physically? And how, how has that changed things? And is that is that an approach that you took at Robert Half as well? Or is that something that's just with, with Vaco where they're like, hey, get in front of clients, get in front of clients. Is that something that you personally just do when you brought or, or was that with like a Vaco culture? No, that Vaco didn't invent that one. That's getting in front of your clients. That's just no matter what kind of sales you're in, that's that's just good advice. You just go do it. Yeah. So to answer your question about getting in front of people, it, this is all about the relationship and knowing your clients. Some people aren't comfortable with face-to-face -face meetings right now. So no, you don't. You don't push that. You, you, yep. do, you do a Zoom. You do a Teams. Um, but those that are comfortable with it, you go, you go, you go see the environment they work in. You go ask them about their business. You go find out what's important to them. What problems are they solving? There are things that keep each and every one of us up at night. Problems we're trying to solve, things we're grinding on. Your clients are no different. Find out what those things are and offer solutions. You will have a better conversation either via Teams or better yet across the table from each other, whether it's a bar, a restaurant, or their office. 
and find out what matters most to them and then offer up solutions to it. That's how, that's how this business works. That's how you, that's how you organically build trust. Once you organically build trust with people, the business end of it kind of takes care of itself. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce my sponsor, Hoxo Media are the world's leading content marketing agency for the recruitment industry. They're currently working with over 250 recruitment agencies that includes 3,000 recruitment consultants across the world. They help them build LinkedIn brands that open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology daily. In 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy is changing. They have launched an eight-week personal brand program which you can roll out across your whole business. The Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters that rely on outbound calls to attract candidates and clients. Those who often lack the knowledge of how to use LinkedIn for anything other than posting jobs and in-mails. They struggle with both the ideas and the confidence when it comes to producing relevant content. Post-COVID-19, we all know that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Huxo Academy helps every recruiter in your agency achieve this in eight weeks, enrolling a new cohort of training at the start of each calendar month. For the first 50 customers of 2021, they are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users onto the program for 12 months at no extra cost. So you have 50 or 500 consultants now, or you plan to hire more throughout the year, you can rest assured that they will get all the training they need to build a brand that wins business on LinkedIn. Please click the link attached to this episode or DM me on LinkedIn to find out how your agency can join the program. If you've been in this academy, please add in some information about your experience. We'd love to hear from you and why you chose to partner with us as you truly believe in the impact it can have in the way that modern recruiters work. So, so walk me through that as well. Are you, um, are you getting a lot of inbound referrals? I mean, obviously you've been in the industry for a while, but is it mostly inbound that you're getting now? Or are you still kind of going out there? And, and uh, I know you mentioned last year, obviously when you started up the new office, like you're in the middle of a pandemic. So what was your approach? Like how were you actively building relationships and starting a new office? Cause that, to me, that sounds like a, you know, it's obviously a tough time to start something new. Uh, so what was your approach and, and like, did you have to change things up? What, what was your approach? Yeah. You always have to, you always have to be authentic. You have to be yourself, but you have to change things up depending on what's going on around you. If you don't, you're, you're blind, you're tone deaf, you're not doing the right thing. So when you're talking to people and things may not be going right for them, don't, don't start pitching your services. Just find out how they're doing, find out yeah. what's going on in their lives. The way you treat people when things are bad is how they're going to remember you. So your career can get made during a downturn. If you touch enough people's lives and you, you end up being a, a positive influence or a positive part of their life when things are bad, as things start to turn around and get good again, you're going to be right there with them. They're going to remember you. So that's something that I took to heart when we launched the office. I wasn't calling people, telling them what I'm doing. I was calling to find out what they're doing. How yeah. are you doing for this? I talk to a hundred people a week. Maybe I can help you learn something from someone else. Maybe I can connect you with someone who's dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. So that's the way I handled the pandemic launch. Um, 
once you've been doing this business long enough, yes, you're going to get inbound calls and my clients hit me up for things all the time. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that way. But you still need to kick in a new door every month. My first boss at Robert Half, named Jim Brandenburg, he always said that he's like, no matter how long you've been doing this, you got to kick in that door once a month, kick in a new door because it's uh, you get a, you get an adrenaline rush of it out of it, and you always have to make sure that you find your next biggest client. You can't just live on the same on your laurels, I guess, forever. You've got to go hunting every now and again. When you're brand new, you got to be hunting all the time. When you start out in this business, Joel. And I tell this to all my new people. There's three levels. I'm a big believer in threes. So there's three levels to this. You start out and you're a sales guy. You're just hoping someone responds to your email, likes your LinkedIn post, takes your call, even if they're telling you no needs now. Um, that's level one. But then you're going to get the chance to hit a pitch. Someone's going to ask you to do something for them. And you're going to hit the pitch. Then you're going to become something called a vendor. A vendor, you're one of many people fishing in the same lake, trying to get the same fish out of the water. You're yeah. a you can make a pretty good living being a vendor. Get enough clients, you get enough vendor lists, you can make a, a decent living. But the third level, and this is where you go, this is where the sky's the limit, is when you become a problem solver. When your clients don't look at you because they need a network engineer, they look at you because they need to talk to you to get your advice. Should they even hire a network engineer? And if they do, what would that look like? What's the market like for a network engineer? When your clients look at you as a problem solver and they come to you for everything, that's when you really become, um, I guess, a next level, next level provider. Yeah, I love that. It's, I mean, it's becoming a consultant. You're the person that's, that's. Uh, I love the way you put that though. The the problem solver. I haven't heard anyone actually put it that way. So that's that's super helpful. Um, what, what about in terms of like the future of, of recruitment? Like I'd love to, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about your take and how, you know, if any, I mean, do you see any type of skills changes, skill changes that, that need to happen in the future for people to be successful as a recruiter? Or what, what are your thoughts in terms of, of trends? Like, you know, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, LinkedIn posts, for example, is, do you see branding being more of a viable, um, you know, kind of necessity for people coming into the industry or, um, you know, what, what are the trends do you think are going to be essential for people to grab hold, hold of to be successful over the next, let's say, five, 10 years in this industry? I think it's the same in this industry. The things that are they're pulling it in different places is it would be in any industry. And what I mean by that, the things that, that are pulling us is technology. It's pulling us one way where you could almost put what you're looking for into a, a web application and it's going to spit out candidates to you, right? That's one way things are being pulled. And then where I try to pull back is where we're talking about relationships rather yeah. than having someone put in a metric or an algorithm into a, a web app and spitting out candidates. Yeah, that can work fairly well, but it needs to be combined with someone that knows you, knows your environment, knows the market. Because just because someone's spitting out candidates at you doesn't mean it's the right candidate. But if I know my client, I know you, Joel, I know what you're looking for. I know your environment. I know people on your team. I know what you want for Christmas. I know how many kids you have. I know what your goal is. If I find you a candidate, you're going to want to hire them. You won't even need to look at their resume. So it's going to be a balance there between both the technology aspect, which we have to embrace because it does make life easier, 
but also the human element that's not going away and if it does I might have to find myself a new gig because um, the human element is is how I make my money. Well, and I mean, if we start looking at like automation tools and you mm -hmm. know some of these advanced ATS, I mean, to to your point, it's the same with sales. I mean, there's there's a lot of automation that's out there for salespeople, yeah. um, and I do think that in some ways, with how much information is out there, I mean, you know, if it's easy to it's easy to look at a website nowadays and go, yeah, okay. Um, I I'm, I'm interested in the product. And if, if mm -hmm. it's going to help you save money or make money, um, it's easy for us to make that decision as as to whether or not we need it, but right. you've got to have that person that's able to come in and share, share, you know, the product. And so salesmanship, I think mm -hmm. kind of changes over time, but I think with recruitment, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny because I, you know, you have the, the side of people that just really do think about like the technical side and go, okay, well, if we've got these keywords, for example, in a resume, we got these keywords in LinkedIn, it will, you know, we can, we can somehow manufacture the, the perfect candidate. But when it comes down to it, you know, even through the interview process, you can think someone is a great candidate and maybe they seem like they are. And then four months later, they're making a move because they weren't ever a right culture fit once they got mm -hmm. into it. So I think it, to your point, you know, where recruiters value really comes in is it's knowing the client, it's yeah. knowing the hiring manager, it's knowing that, and then being able to just through the amount of conversations that we have, you're able to figure out, okay, would this person really be a good fit at, at the company? Um, but, you know, just talking about some of those, I guess, tech trends, I mean, what, what are some of the tech trends that you've kind of implemented yourself that have helped you? And then what are, what are some that, you know, you haven't found helpful in terms of automation and, and those types of things? Well, that's that's a tough question because I I still think I could do this job with a, a desk phone and a phone book, you know. Yeah. I'm kind yeah. Of but there are technology helps me the most when I'm planning my day, you know, and I'm looking at what I'm going to do tomorrow. So we have a really great CRM, and so what I try to make sure I do is I put these tasks in my day to budget my time. When you're new, this is vital. You want to be able to. Um, know what to do and when, and you want to have your day planned the night before so you can hit the ground running the next day with not a whole lot of thought to your next step. So I use, you know, day planners, outlook calendar invitations to make me remember what I want to do or what my plan was. That's huge. Um, there are job board posting tools where you can write one description and post them out there to a bunch of different sites all at once. Again, that's something that's, it's huge. You don't want to have to write 17 different job descriptions or actually go post different places just going to one place and boom sending them out there we use something called broadbean which is very cool you know we can just go to the website we put it in and it puts our jobs all over the place um as far as technology goes being able to be um connected and unconnected at the same time is huge what i mean by that is Everyone needs to take time off in this business, but you still need to be a firefighter sometimes. So just having emails or Microsoft Teams go to your cell phone, that's a big deal. Because you don't have to be 100% plugged in, but if your phone beeps, we all look at it. You can take yeah. it, that's not an email I need to take care of right now. Or you go, oh my goodness, this company basically pays my mortgage every month. I better call this client back. Um, that's, that's huge. Other than that, I don't embrace a whole lot of other technologies there, maybe because I haven't been hit across the face with them yet. But yeah. when you're dealing with people, you're just dealing with, with human beings, the best technology you can do is, is the phone. Pick it up and talk to somebody. 
that's not going to replace any of these things I'm talking about. Having conversations, that's that's Stone Age stuff. Just pick up the phone and talk to people. Get in the room and talk to people. I, you know, it's in, it's interesting. I did a poll right on on LinkedIn, so. Mm -hmm. Who knows how reliable that is? Probably not. But I did get a huge response, right? Actually, I got 5,000 people responded, wow. right? And the question I asked was, do you answer unknown numbers? Um, and, you know, I, I've i had quite a few people on, on, the, on this show as well. And, you know, one of the things that's come up is, you know, the amount of cold calling, especially if you're in new to the industry, right? So you're established. You're established the you know since 2013 so you've got existing relationships right. um but just given kind of the nature of where we are with spam calls and and just you know numbers outside the area um for somebody just starting in the industry do you think it's more challenging now like using that approach than it than it was when you started or do you are you like hey you're just gonna have to kind of do more you know more cold calls like what? What are your thoughts with that? And and no, more, yeah, no, more, more is not not always the answer. I have a phrase I like to use called surgically effective. Hmm. So rather than make more cold calls, maybe plan your day better and be surgically effective in who you're calling. So when you're leaving a message, yeah, your message is probably going to either get deleted as soon as you say your name, or maybe yeah. it'll never get listened to, especially the first time around. So it can only be one prong in, in your approach you should follow up every voicemail you leave with an email you should yeah. that way you're, you're, you're touching people more than just once um, that's marketing 101 you don't just want to have one touch point you want to have a, a, a multiple so if you're leaving voicemails you better have a surgically effective email teed up to follow that up to make sure your your message might hit home um, and voicemails that you leave you, <laughs> If you're just leaving a voicemail to tell people about you and what you do, you know, no one's going to call you back. No one cares about that. But if you're leaving a voicemail to someone who's got an ad out there and they're looking for a, a web developer and you're calling them because you have a web developer, well, maybe they'll pay attention. Maybe they'll listen. They may not call you back, but they might listen. And then down the road, if you're persistently cool, you keep doing that over and over again. Your, your message is going to hit home with people. And they would they will come back to you. But always follow up your voicemails with an email. And don't just cold email people because that's annoying too. You want to make sure you've got a chance for people to see your message, understand your message, and care about your message. And then they'll get back to you. Yeah. No, I love I, I love that. And uh yeah, I, I just I'm always thinking of like, you know, the future for people coming into the industry, mm -hmm. um, in particular, just because I think there's a lot like for example you know every news newsletters for example email newsletters i get a million of those um and it was it seemed like it was effective a couple of years ago and now they're everywhere same with uh you know like linkedin messages for example i think linkedin is really powerful but obviously since the pandemic it's like automation has has really kicked in so i'm always just curious to hear from leaders like how you know if you're bringing somebody brand new into the industry how you're how you're kind of prepping them to you know in, in into the recruitment world and because i also think that like a lot of a lot of just everything you know even when it comes to sales is relationship building um and relationships just take time and so it's kind of balancing that you know that uh, just that with the industry where it's like it takes time to build meaningful relationships yeah. 
But obviously when you get into recruitment, there's such an emphasis in like short-term results, short-term results, because you've got to get short-term results. But so much, it just seems like over time, if you're good at what you're doing and you're learning and you're quick and you're able to execute, then those relationships are going to naturally build. Um, so what, you know, when you were bringing new people in at, at Robert Half, like what were some of the characteristics of, of people that, that were successful and like, what were, what were some of the things that you would see like pretty quickly where you'd go, okay, this person isn't going to be successful. What, what were some of those core key characteristics? It's hard. I gotta, I gotta confess, you know, I, I think I, I miss about as many as I hit when it comes to hiring. It, it can be tough because when you're hiring for sales or hiring for recruitment, you're trying to measure something that you can't really get out of an interview. You're trying to measure grit, heart, determination, and you can't necessarily pick that up in an interview. Um, you can pick up whether you like someone, whether you think that they're personable, um, but people are going to tell you what, what you want to hear in an interview. So if you say, hey, I, I need you to come in and make 80 phone calls a day. Can you do that? Everyone says, yeah, of course I can do that. That's a, a, Yeah, I make 80 phone calls every day anyway, of course. <laughs> and they, come in, they come in and they don't do it. Hmm. And what that's that's one of those things where every time you hire someone in their first day or their second day, and it seems like they're all of a sudden allergic to the phone, it's like I got taken for a ride again. Hmm. Um, when you have someone in and they're hungry to get on the phone, they want to role play with you. They want to they want to run scenarios by you and ask you questions. How would you handle this? How would you handle that? And then they use that. You pick up on that pretty quickly. Within a, a day or two, you'll see something different about the person that um, is hungry to have those conversations, has yeah. questions, an inquisitive mind, wants to know what makes a company or a business work and what that manager's role is in it. Um, that's something that, again, you can't really, can't really interview for it. You hope for the best when you hire them, but you, you just show them, all right, this is what we're, what's expected. And if they start doing it, they want, then you know you've got the right person in the seat. How are you guys handling, you know, with like virtual settings, right? Because I, I think like within recruitment, it's helpful to be around other people. So you learn by osmosis. So for example, yeah. if you're, you know, you're hearing Jim over there is, you know, closing a candidate and then Sarah over, over there is, um, you know, getting a job order, they're taking a job order. And so much is, is like learning through osmosis. Um, have you guys come up with a strategy in terms of like how you bring someone new in like a virtual environment and how you're, um, I guess, kind of cloning that experience virtually? Like how, how do you, how are you guys handling that? Yeah, if I told you I knew exactly how to do this, I'd be making it up, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, just, it, it came up recently. It was, uh, it was an interview with, with, uh, Greg Savage and he, he brought that up and I was like, man, that's just, that's such an unusual um, you know, an unusual issue to arise from, from uh, like virtual learning, especially if you're, if you're brand new into the industry. So, well, at least you're honest. Hard. Well, it's hard because you want to, I learned early on as a leader, you want to have your best people in the same room with your new people. Exactly. But it's, there's, there's challenges to that. Yeah. So I think the way you overcome that is, is you set up meetings like this in the morning where we all talk about our problems and talk about what our day is going to be like and what our goals are, and what we're trying to accomplish. And then at the end of the day, you bring each other back together to see in a very public way, how did we do? You know, what challenges did you run into? How can we overcome them tomorrow? Um, but nothing, in my opinion, 
will beat having everybody together and doing this together because there's these casual interactions that happen when we're all in the same room that you can't recreate virtually. Um, I, I, I'm not very good at building a culture virtually. Yeah. I don't know anybody that really is. So when I say I don't know exactly how to tackle this, I mean it. It's, it's, you try to be, you, you play the hand you're dealt. And right now the hand we're dealt is mostly virtual. So you better make sure you assign your new people to a mentor and you better make sure that mentor is prepared to check in with the new person and bring him or her along as she needs it. Um, that's probably the way to go until we're able to all be together again. Oh, awesome. Well, I didn't mean to spring that one on you. I know it's a, I can take it. It's all right. <laughs> Good. No, I love that. Well, I, Hey, we're, we're coming up to about 40 minutes. And I like to keep these interviews, um, you know, right in that 40 to 45 minute mark. But, uh, yeah. So one of the ways I've been wrapping up the show and we kind of covered this, but I'd love to just um, kind of get some wisdom from you. And this, this is really for people who are just starting out in the industry. Um, obviously, you know, we've, we've mentioned it, you know, 2020 uh, was a, a tough year, I think, mentally in terms of like staying at home. But it was an awesome year for so many recruiters that I talked to. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of seemed like some of the bad apples kind of dropped out and people who weren't doing their job well. And it's created a really unique opportunity for people to be successful. Uh, so if, if you were just starting out right now, let's say you're three to six months into your career as a recruiter, um, what advice would you have for someone uh, in order to be successful? And, and, and how do you coach people in that, in that situation? I'd love to hear from you on that. Yeah. First thing, listen to understand, not to respond. So mm -hmm. first starting out, every conversation you have, treat it like gold. When you're talking, you're just saying stuff you already know. When you're listening, you're going to learn something. So pay attention to that. Listen to the people you're talking to. Listen to the people whose questions, whose answers you're trying to get with your questions and listen to understand what they're saying. People will come back to you if they think you heard them. People will take your call if you think you listen to them. If all you do is talk at people all day long and just spit out words or phrases you heard other people say, you're going to fail. You got to be, be your authentic self and be your, your, your best listening self and you'll be on the, the right path. Yeah. I love that. Man. And that's, I think that's, that's the core of real, real relationship, right? You never, mm -hmm. if you're in, if you're in a marriage, you don't do that well. If all you're doing is talking, you've really got to listen to that other person. Um, and it's, that's core of relationships. So I, I love that Brian and, and uh, appreciate all the insights you brought. How can uh, how can people reach you? How can people connect with you? How can people in Milwaukee that are looking for a new place to call home? How can they get a hold of you? Where where can they find you? Well, you can always go to vaco.com, V-A-C-O.com. Um, I'm, I'm there. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn any way you can. I also have a post out there on LinkedIn because I am hiring internally. It's got my email address on it. Feel free to shoot your resume over. We'll, we'll have a conversation. But um, probably the best way, vaco.com. It's easy to remember, vaco.com. Check out that website. And we have a special page just for uh, for Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, definitely anybody who is uh, in Milwaukee specifically looking for a new recruitment role, uh, definitely connect with Brian. And just connect with him on LinkedIn anyway. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody that locally you want to, want to follow and be connected with. 
and then check out Vaco. We'll put those links into the comment as well. It looks like right now we've got about 13 people out there, but I did see uh, we were kind of fluctuating the whole time between uh, 15 to 20 people out there. So everyone out there, we appreciate uh, you guys and, and uh, just a couple of people who interacted as well. Uh, obviously, Michael, Jamie, and then anyone else watching this afterward, um, we're, we're going to have a new show on Monday as well. So I'll have more information on the guests as well. If you've got further questions that you didn't feel like got answered, uh, feel free to DM myself and I can get you in touch with uh, Brian as well. Uh, but Brian, appreciate it again, man. Appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing what you uh, what you accomplish here in 2021 with the office and uh, looking forward to hearing that new announcement too for the new recruiter you bring on board. So I appreciate it, brother. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me, man. All right. No worries. And thanks everyone else that was out there. As a reminder, we are sponsored by Hawkso Media and we are leading inbound marketing agency. So if you need help with inbound marketing and LinkedIn strategy, please DM me as well. And we look forward to connecting again next Monday.